Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about the topics that affect the rapidly changing world of residential energy ratings. So this is a topic specifically for raters and builders today, and it is late-breaking news. It's about the COVID-19 situation. So as COVID-19 continues to impact nearly every area of life these days, what is ResNet doing to manage the situation? I'll give you a hint. In summary, it involves three things. Staying patient, being open to ideas, and maintaining the dialogue. Today, we're joined by ResNet leadership, Cardice Gray-Howard, who's Deputy Director, and Steve Baden, Executive Director, for a quick update on the impact of COVID-19 on ResNet activities. You'll hear today what changes have been put in place for the organization as well as changes made for raiders and builders. You can learn what changes are likely to be temporary and which may become permanent, and also find out what criteria will trigger the lifting of emergency procedures. There's a couple links in the show notes that'll tell you more about places to receive information from ResNet on the COVID-19 updates, as well as a webinar series where field practitioners will speak about some of the experience that they've had as the situation develops. So listen in today for Stephen Cardiz to explain to us what's going on with ResNet in the COVID-19 situation. Good afternoon, Stephen Cardiz. Good afternoon, Bill. Hi, Bill. We've come to talk about a very important topic. This is a bonus episode. We're going to be talking about the current situation with COVID. And there's both the background of what's happening in the market, as well as what is ResNet doing to keep the HERS industry safe. So why don't we start off with Steve describing a little bit about the background of what's happening in the building market. Okay, I'm glad to. Last time we had this, we did a podcast on this issue in March, just when things were topping and there was a lot of uncertainties out there, except that ResNet was going to take measures And the good news is things have been looking fairly good for us. It looks like we're over 27% more ratings taking place in 2020 than in 2019. And that is a record uh, because 2019 was a record of volume. And so this is really good. It shows that one, homes are being built. And two, that consumers still want to have energy efficiency. And I think going into the idea, there's, I think... I know that a previous session you interviewed Clayton Trailer with the Leading Builders of America, right. who went into the macro sense of what's taking place. And if anyone hasn't heard that, I encourage them to go back to the library and listen to Clayton's presentation because it comes from an industry perspective. What I'm going to look at is what I see, take what's taking place, factors that's leading to where we are now. One of the most important elements that took place was that early in the pandemic, Whole building was deemed as an essential activity, which meant that in most states, home builders could still build the homes. And the other thing I have to reflect on is uh, that the housing industry was responsible with that. We saw across the country problems with too soon opening, particularly with restaurants and bars, where you saw spikes and people coming down and testing positive. This did not happen in the housing industry, which shows me that the housing industry has been responsible, has practiced the public health process, and been able to continue to do business. 
And so I think one, the policymakers recognizing home building as an essential activity and two, the responsibility of the home building industry in doing its job well. The other factor is that we have a healthy housing market and there's some contributing factors about it. Some of it is that we're having the lowest rates in the country. And as Clayton pointed out, there's a pin-in demand for housing and people being shut in for months at a time. I think they're seeing now a clearer picture of what they're expecting in the house, which creates a continuation of the market, which has helped everything. The other factor is that I think particularly with these concerns of health caused by the pandemic, I think home buyers are even placing a greater premium on energy efficient homes. And that is why builders are continuing and actually at a greater level of having their home serves rated. And then finally, I think another factor that's allowed this to happen is these emergency pandemic protocols that ResNet adopted allowed the HERS industry to safely undertake the HERS ratings. And this, we gave the flexibility into raters to use such innovative ideas as remote inspections and then also using, if they can't go in and do the testing using a set of protocols that we developed. But by and large, again, I, I gave compliments earlier to the building industry, I have to give credit to the rating industry who's practiced safe things, such things as when they using remote inspections, but more importantly, scheduling their visits and such where there's not a lot of people on site and there was a, they could practice healthy self-social distancing. And then also with radio companies, having their employees have the proper protective gear. So when they do these inspections, they're safe. So I think this is the reasons that I had great fears when this pandemic hit. Matter of fact, I'm still counting my blessings that this hit really after the ResNet conference because literally sure. it was about a week later of our conference then this thing blew up. But I think overall, I saw this as a period of dread, but for the number of the reasons that was talked about earlier, this actually has toned into a bright, shining moment. And again, we're doing 27% more homes this year than we did in 2019. And 2019 was our record year in terms of homes being rehearsed rated. With all that, Cardis, Steve mentioned there's sort of like infrastructure changes that have had to be made and then also communicated, first developed and then communicated. And I'm sure there's a feedback loop in there. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What are the things that have been done? It's kind of hard to believe that Steve and I are looping back around and continuing conversation. We had the podcast, I think, that we did initially when COVID first hit us was around March 30th, and here we are on September 30th. And when we first started having these conversations, we were just trying to think about the initial things that we were going to do to help our rating community because there was a need there. There were states shut down. There were some municipalities that were at a standstill. And in order to adhere and to some of those state mandates and some of those local mandates, we knew that we had to take some action to help our industry. And as Steve said, one of the great things that we are very fortunate and extremely blessed is that our industry is deemed essential. But with that being said, we still had to adhere to the mandates at the local level. And initially, some of the early things we did was to give QA providers an extension on their quarterly annual reports. We adapted the payment terms that raters have been able to take advantage of and utilize in order to help them, their company manage through the pandemic. 
We removed some of the requirements around examinations and how those examinations were administered to a proctor, went to more online settings. Then, as you said, after we implemented these things, we had to then go back as staff and work out all the details. From March to September, we've done a lot of work. We have kept our community informed as we've moved forward. And I would say that the reception and the appreciation from the HERS community has been very welcomed. And I look back and the, there's been, you started on March 10th. I mean, it, like Steve said, it was like right after the conference in 2020. And that followed on by some measures to protect the staff, the board, and then the Raiders. So it's sort of been this kind of this rollout and this growth of really protecting and taking care, but continuing to, quote unquote, stay in business. And that's some of the similar things we did for the organization I run, True Tech Tools. It was important to continue doing our mission. And you have to do that by being creative about how people are being protected. Are these changes, would you say, are permanent? It's hard to say what the outlook is, I'm sure, because the times are so crazy. But I'll first ask Steve and then Cardiz, any of these changes you see are permanent or look like they will be permanent or at least stay open as options? Well, it's funny because one of the things that Cardiz said is if you look back on this history of the pandemic, timelines, projected timelines that this was going to last has shifted constantly. Mm -hmm. I remember the president saying this is going to be over by Easter. Everything was going to be open. It's going to be gone. Easter came and went. And now, as Cardiz pointed out, now we're in October. There's still no clear end in sight. There's two things. I want to first answer is that a lot of the times what we did is we started and had these effects in place for, let's say, 30 days or 90 days. Mm -hmm. And one of the movements we're doing now is we're making a more consistent deadline because clearly the pandemic lasted much longer than we envisioned. And so what we're doing now is as we make these exercises going on and extending them, we're going to a central time. So all these rules follow the same timeline. And that is moving them to 30 days after the president lifts the pandemic emergency proclamation. This is a point in the sand that's consistent that we don't go back and continue to have to be updated every 30 to 90 days, and then people can be more dependable. Now, Bill, one of the things that I thought was very interesting as a manager looking at that, and I think there is some interesting things because I think industry as a whole and business as a whole is not going to look the same after the pandemic. Sure. There are some things we're doing now that's forced to us on the pandemic, but now that it's taken place, it does sort of make sense. And technology has moved by leaps and bounds on remote abilities. So we're continuing to track. And one of the things we're going to do afterwards is, as our staff will get together and look at what are the changes and stuff we work that makes sense, that makes things more efficient, that makes things a little bit less expensive for doing a rating, and that still we can ensure the quality of the product. And I think we're going to look at seriously at some things that we can do that we probably wouldn't have done if it had been to the pandemic. And one of the most exciting elements that I see is being able to do inspections remotely. We're going to learn a lot because of our measures, this is the most popular that Raiders have tried. And we're going to have some experience about it. And one of the things that after this pandemic passes, which I hope will be sooner than later, is to not only staff come up with some ideas, but then have a round table with the industry and say, which of these exercises goes 
because I think some of the trends we're seeing, at least in other businesses, is that remote working, I think, is going to become more of a central activity. And I know on some of the stuff that we can do, we're going to be looking at just for budget purposes and efficiency, what are the things that we can solve by not having to travel as much? And then there are other aspects then, however, we have to do it at level. But I do think this is presented as an opportunity to think out of the box. And I'm very interested in looking at which ones make sense and which we can apply when things get to be normal again. And for instance, we had a session earlier on the going to ResNet conference virtual. We're learning things from this exercise for the 21 conference that you'll probably see embedded in future conferences. So I think this is an opportunity not only to try to keep and react to a pandemic, but a new way of looking at how you do business. Carnese, your reflection on this question or topic of permanent changes, what's the outlook? Well, a continuation on, on some of the things that Steve said. First, one of the things that I said, if I'm recalling correctly on our first podcast, was once we get through this pandemic, there will be things that we will learn along the way, and we will all come out of this a little better. And by saying that, I mean that there will be things that we have implemented that we probably will continue to do. Like Steve said, there are things that we are putting in place now that long-term will be more efficient. So we'll probably continue some of those practices. I'm hoping, just to see this, that we do have the pandemic resolved sooner than later. Staff will reconvene after we get back to some place of normalcy and see what are the things that we should continue to do and involve our stakeholders in those conversations because the things that Internally, we see that we can do more effectively remotely that will potentially affect our organization in a positive way. We can also probably lean on the fact that will also affect our raters, the rating community, the housing industry in a positive way. And there are some areas where I think some jobs that were in office will be remote jobs. I think with the way technology has grown and the way we do things, like this morning, we had to go to a plan M because we had Mm. some difficulties getting our initial plan implemented during the podcast today. So we had to try different avenues to make things work. I think as we continue to move along, that will be the MO. We will continue to try new things to make things work. And as Steve said regarding some of the protocols stand in place. And when will all the protocols end? What happened to us is we're implementing things as we go along and we're learning best best practices. And so we're changing policies as we go along. Well, in changing those policies and giving it a 30-day deadline or a 90-day deadline, we fell into the trap of we were backing up against the deadline and we were continually announcing to our stakeholders, okay, we're pushing this out again, we're pushing it out again. So that's why the decision was made to just make a statement and stand by that our protocols, our new policies and procedures will stay in place 30 days after the lifting of the national emergency. Going away from this, there will be a lot of streamlining, I think, that will help all of our organizations and businesses. One of the things, more reflecting on your question that I want to make clear, though, one thing that 
will not probably go on after the pandemic is I think the importance that duct testing and blower door and in air leakage testing is so critical in knowing how the building science of a home. Mm -hmm. We did the protocols because of the pandemic. I want to assure your listeners that this is temporary. We plan on going back to the way it was before where homes are tested because that diagnostic testing is so critical in coming up with an accurate thing. The other thing is that as part of this dialogue that Cardis talked about with the industry, not all the good ideas come from ResNet. Matter of fact, a lot more comes from the people who actually the petitioners in the field. And they've been very innovative and they've tried some inventive things. So the idea is if we can tap their experiences and come up with some national guidelines that that are best practices that they've used and they've learned from, we'll make this industry more efficient and more effective. So it's two folds, one of which is we're going to be looking at it, sharing our ideas with the industry, but also we're going to be collecting what their industry's experiences and see what we can learn from them. But again, I want to emphasize that one thing that will not be made permanent is this idea of an, an exemption from duck and air tightness testing. Is that because you believe in science, Steve? <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Just in summary here, that we actually we touched on it like before, like we talked about difficulties getting this podcast going today, and it's stay patient, keep your eyes and ears open, and dialogue. If that's three takeaways here, whether you knew it or not, that's the plan you have. <laughs> There's one thing I, w- I would like to add. In the beginning of this pandemic, I was a little more optimistic than Steve was. And I did feel as though, as an industry, if we stuck together, and like Steve said, all of these ideas weren't internal ResNet ideas, but our stakeholders stuck by us. They listened to us. They responded when we asked questions of them. And because we stuck together and came together collectively, that is going to lend volumes to how we all come out of this. I really want to thank our stakeholders for their input, for being receptive to the changes, just working through this pandemic together. I want to echo Cardis's compliment. I think that working together, we all found ways to keep our businesses open, meet the demand that's taking place, actually grow the industry during this difficult times of pandemic. That's no small feat. And again, lion's share of that credit we give to the rating companies out there who had to make some tough decisions. We try to make it easier for them to be making those decisions. But when you reflect back that we're over 27% more homes rated during this period of time than was last year, when last year was a record, that's a pretty amazing compliment that the industry was able to respond in the midst of one of the worst pandemics that this world has experienced in over a century. And you have some forums going on too. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. We're having a series of forums reflecting that. Thanks, Bill. The fact that a lot of the knowledge has been done, was picked up from the field. So we're having Mm -hmm. a series of forums by which people who are the practitioners in the field will discuss what they did, what worked, what didn't work, and what the future would look like. I think there was a notice that went out today. And if you want people to, they didn't get the message, you want to be able to sign up. If they go to our COVID website, Mm -hmm. uh, which is at resnet.us, on the top you say COVID-19 update, you will see under news to the industry the information about that series and how you can register for it. And additionally, I'll, I'll just say from my perspective as a business owner, 
the details or the information on that page does delve into the business aspects of things that, with uh, outlinks to CDC, the WHO, OSHA, and NAHB, the CARES Act, PPP, all kinds of details there that address both the internal ResNet and the external one, really showing that ResNet is seeking its place in, in orienting its constituents to what's going on. So kudos on, on thinking broadly there. Thank you. We'll just have to see what happens. I am optimistic that sooner than later, this we will get past this, but there's still a long ways to go. I think I saw yesterday that 25 states saw a peak in terms of positive testing. And so we're not out of the woods yet, but I think we've shown that we can adjust to that and we are meeting demand while keeping people safe and that we'll just have to keep on and looking at what's going on. And we'll continue looking and tracking this, talking to the industry. And I think it's going to make it more easy and more dependable for everyone that we just use the same end date that everyone can depend upon, which is the 30 days after the president has lifted the uh, emergency proclamation. Very good. I think we've covered a lot of on this topic and I'd like to offer you both uh, first Cardison and Steve, any closing thoughts? I would just like to say that I really do appreciate the response we've had from our stakeholders and the rating community. I appreciate our staff over these past six months and their diligence of putting out the work that we put out. I must say that I'm very proud to be a part of ResNet and to be a part of this industry. This industry, the housing market is essential. And I think on more level than one, we've shown that we're essential. And again, I do feel as though we will all be better once this pandemic is over and we're through this and we've worked well together. Again, thanks to everyone. Thank you. Steve, closing thought? My goal would be to next time we have a podcast on this, it would be on the lessons learned. How do we go forward? What we picked up that we learned? And hopefully that this systems we set in place that we not necessarily have to do an update like this until it's over with. But I just want to echo again what Cardi said. My admiration to the industry, both the housing, home building industry, and the raising and rating industry, who's been responsible, able to meet demand, grow, while still keeping their employees safe. And I think it makes, again, like Cardi's, I'm proud to be associated with this industry. Excellent. Thank you both for joining us today on this bonus episode. We'll get it out into the ears of our listeners rapidly just in a few days. So if you're listening now, this is a fresh episode and the ResNet COVID-19 updates webpage is going to be the your home base for a lot of this information as things continue to go forward. Thank you again, Steve and Cardis for joining us here today. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Res Talk podcast. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us forward slash professional to learn more or to join the email list. The quote for today that relates to our topic is by Sam Walton. We're all working together. That's the secret. If you're interested in feeding back to Resnet on what you heard today or would like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to Restock. Thanks for listening to the Restock podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn 
and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes or the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.